Hold it right there. It's me, Johnny. I knew it was you. I could smell you getting off the elevator. Two scoops, sir? Two. Make it three. I'm not driving. It's gardenias, Johnny. Your favorite. You was here last night, too, wasn't you? I was singing at the Blue Monkey last night. She was not. She was smooching with your brother. You was here. And you were smooching with my brother. That's a dirty rotten lie, Johnny. Don't give me that. You've been smooching with everybody. Snuffy, Al, Leo, little Moe with the gimpy leg, Cheeks, Bony Bob, Cliff. I could go on forever, baby. You got me all wrong. All right. I believe you. But my Tommy gun don't. Johnny, you're the only duck in my pond. Get down on your knees and tell me you love me. Baby, I'm over the moon for you. You gotta do better than that. If my love was an ocean, Lindy'd have to take two airplanes to get across it. Maybe I'm off my hinges, but I believe you. <gasps> That's why I'm gonna let you go. I'm gonna give you to the count of three to get your lousy, lying, low-down, four-flushing carcass out my door. She's rapid. One. Two. Three. Merry Christmas, you filthy animal. And a happy new year. The Lifers Podcast with Scott Lucas, Gabe Rodriguez, and Ben Reiser. And now, here's Scott, Gabe, and Ben. I want to just say something unrelated because uh, listeners, again, I apologize that we're not doing a visual podcast, but Scott's put his foot down a number of times. Oh, now you're going to go after me. No, no. But Scott and I are looking at Gabe's, let's say, dinner. And he's got a couple slices of pizza. And he's got on ketchup. A, on, a, on a very decorative plate. But he, yeah, he's, he's got sick ketchup. Fuck. What are you That's doing? not ketchup. That is uh, stubs. Why, why am I looking at your food, by the way? Why am I not looking at you? What the fuck are you doing? Oh, that's hot sauce? It's barbecue sauce. Stubbs barbecue, barbecue sauce. sauce. Is it uh, th- is it the spicy Stubbs? No. Original. Oh, Original's dude. the best. No, it's not. I not don't go close. off the path. No. When I get open pit, I get regular. When I get Stubbs, I get regular. Why why it's do you a- want any kind of barbecue sauce on your on your regular cheese slice of pizza? Because that's the way he likes it, Ben. Is that right? I'd put I Taco know Bell mild sauce on there if I could, but I don't have any. It's just You know they sell in stores sauce. now, right? <laughs> Taco Bell sauce? Yeah, Taco Bell mild sauce. They do, Cindy, but... Cindy Yip, send Gabe an assortment of mic stands and um, barbecue sauces for his pizza. I've Thank had the you, Taco Cindy. Bell sauce Thanks before. The Taco Bell sauce is okay when you first open it up, but when you refrigerate it and it's been open, it doesn't keep right, so it's, it's not the same. I thought you were just going to say it's not the same, to which I was going to agree with. But you have this whole fucking thing ready to go that yeah. uh, you say it doesn't breathe. Once you open so it, once up, you open it, it becomes like shitty wine, is what you're trying to say. Yes, it doesn't it doesn't age well. No, you've got you've got to you've got to down the entire bottle in one sitting, like some uh, drunk housewife. You, you definitely have to have tester sizes, and I'd buy them for a buck if they were out there. You know, buy four of them, whatever. But not a. 16 ounce that's bottle. why you go to taco bell and you like go in there and you just grab as many as you can well, remember I used that to bag that. of taco bell sauce <laughs> i used to have in my apartment yeah I but mean, how old was, were they huh how old were how old were some of those packets you don't know 
Well, sometimes when a packet of uh, Taco Bell sauce gets really old, it's basically like there's nothing in it. It's like just a dried out husk, like in that packet. Like there's no liquid inside of it. Yeah, but there's it's, something in between. It's like, it's like a mummy packet of sauce, if you know what I mean. You know what makes me unhappy? If I order stuff out from a restaurant, Gabe. usually like a... What? Oh, no, Gabe. Okay, I like Gabe. He doesn't make <laughs> uh, He drives me a little crazy with this microphone thing. but Yeah, it's a, it's a little stupid. But okay, anyway, what happens to, to you? you, uh, go to, you go order to food, takeout. Like, I'm thinking of like barbecue and stuff, but it comes with cornbread and stuff. And then they throw those little butter pats, right? Mm-hmm. Which I love. I mean, yes. everything for me is just basically a butter delivery system. Uh-huh. And, uh, but sometimes they've put those butter pats too close to the hot food. And when you open them, they're completely liquefied and like you can't spread it on your cornbread or whatever. Now, I kind of like up. that. I mean, yeah. I don't like it, compl- but I, I like like soft. No, I butter. like it soft, sure. Yeah. But this is like, it's like, it turns into yeah. that stuff you dip lobsters into. Right. <laughs> exactly. To which... You know, I just start dipping the bread in there. Which has a name, actually. What is it? Something clarified butter? Something like that. Clarified butter, yeah. Very good. Look at Ben the Gourmet. Yeah. We had the Katie's Kids show the other night, Sunday night. Uh, did you watch the live stream? Either of you happen to catch any of that? I did. I was one of the, I was one of the 60 people that Herb was talking about that were watching. Yeah. Yeah, it did. <laughs> It was not as smooth as last year's, uh, to say the least. There was a I like that one camera that kept where... going back and forth over the bar. Oh, they loved that camera too, didn't they? <laughs> they just kept going back to that thing over and over and over. Uh, yeah, it was fun. Uh, I liked your stairway set. That was great. Oh, yeah. Well, um, something had happened where there was a lot of time. So, yeah. So, uh, Gabe, do you have any info about Katie's kids that, that you can share with, like you did last week? Did I? No, I, that was before, and that, you know, it happened the other day, and now it's over. I'm sure you can still donate if you wanted to. You can still if donate, you, yes. If you go to the, the, the Liars Club YouTube page, you can probably, I don't know if they put it back up there or not yet, but. Well, here's the thing. We're, uh, we're editing, 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 I can't say that. We're doing an edit of uh, the live stream, which had some problems, to say the least, and some holes, to say even leaster. Uh, we're going to do a new edit of that, and they remixed the, the live sound, and hopefully that can go up Friday, tonight, um, or at least this weekend. We did the same thing last year. We, we, we went in, we cleaned up a bunch of stuff, and made it sound better, and had it running through christmas into new year's eve and then took it down so you should be able to do that and if you don't want to watch it i understand uh you can still donate to katie's kids at katieskids.com that's kt'skids.com well as i mentioned off air i uh been plowing through all the hbo max music box music documentaries yeah you like those huh uh yeah but i'm trying to like rate them like I'm trying to stack them, which is the best, which is the worst. Which is the best so far? I think the best is Kenny G. Uh-huh. Just as a documentary. Yeah. Like, that guy is fascinating. Did you see it? No, the only one we've seen is uh, DMX, DMX because uh, Justine is a DMX fan. Yeah, the DMX one is good. I, w- I wanted some more info. Like, I don't, I don't know DMX enough to know what his final months or hours were about, and I feel like it kind of leaves you hanging. Well, yeah, I think it, it assumes that you know, because right. I mean, it was only like last year, so, so it was a big deal. All I know is It was died. a big deal in this house, what... let's just say. Uh, what, can you give, fill me in a little? In this house, all things DMX are a big deal. So when DMX died last year, it was... It was a. Uh, it was a major thing. Uh, there was a lot of grief going on, but at the same time, you know, there was a lot of. It was hard to tell exactly what was going on because there was the grief, and then there was you know just party up in here and you know where the hood at. You know, it's like also all these like joyous songs and people are crying. And I'm like, what what is going on here? Like, 
Karen and I had no idea what was going on. We didn't know how to deal with it. So, yeah, but it's a real thing in this house. So we all knew what was going on. And I think one of the shows, Justine and I saw that last tour. Hmm. So I kept waiting for them to show uh, the show that we saw in Chicago. And I'm not sure that they did. I think they almost did, but they did, definitely didn't make a big deal out of it. So, but the Kenny G one you're saying is the shit. Kenny G is the shit. Alanis Morissette, that one's pretty good. Uh, they're all pretty the good. the Stigwood one? The Stigwood is maybe my least favorite, but okay. it's still good. They're all good. Yeah. And they're all yeah. different from each other. The Woodstock 99 one blew my mind because I really? had really avoided all of that stuff until now. And I didn't yeah, realize. You didn't, you didn't watch it? You well, I watched some it. of it. But, you know, man, I was there, dude. I was there, man. I don't need to watch the movie. Were you at Woodstock 99? No, I mean, I just oh. watched it on TV while it was happening. <laughs> oh, yeah. See, I avoided yeah. it on TV. Yeah. Have you ever had any dealings with John Cher? Who that? He's the he's a big time East Coast promoter, and he's the one of the two main promoters of Woodstock '99. He's the guy who comes off worse than Michael Lindsay Hogg does in Get Back. <laughs> okay, no, no, he's I don't know so him. he's like the worst human being in the world. And in Woodstock '99, you see him in '99 being a complete yeah. fucking asshole, and then in 2021, he's still being a complete fucking asshole, and he's blaming the whole thing on MTV promoting an incorrect account of what was happening at the time. Well, all that stuff was just, uh, that was a dark time for, mm -hmm. you know, I guess, quote unquote, alternative music. But uh, that was just like, it was brutal. And we're playing with all these bands and just a bunch of mook rock. And I was like, I, I can't, I can't hang with this fucking thing anymore. So you're talking about Jewel and Alana Smart set. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. But I'll tell you, the guy from Corn comes off better than Moby. So. Well, that's not too hard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> At least the guy from Corn didn't write a shitty book like the one Moby did where he talks about showing his dick. You know, it's just like, ugh, Moby. Nobody listens to techno. Nobody wants to see Moby's dick. <laughs> <laughs> no. Moby sucks. <clears throat> that was a good one. So uh, how was that... Uh, magnolia screening huh that was great what a beautiful yeah. 35 print i don't know where i can't remember where we got it but my god you seen that movie gabe steel magnolias yeah oh boy <clears throat> no yeah not on my list it's uh, not the one it's not the paul thomas anderson where you see uh marky mark's dick that's marky mark's, mark's prosthetic dick. dick yeah his prosthetic dick he did boogie nights you don't think Marky Mark yes. still wears that thing all the time in real life? Marky Mark talks shit about that movie. Marky Mark has got a is real fucking problem. <laughs> real problem with gratitude. It's like, dude, it's the best movie you're ever going to be in. But isn't it interesting that Burt Reynolds nothing, does the same nothing thing Nothing else that, that you're in comes close except for maybe fear. Yeah, mm. Burt Reynolds is a moron too. But, you know, at least he was old and cranky and had a reason, you know? I mean... Now, I don't think Tom Cruise talks shit about Magnolia, but I never hear Tom Cruise talk about it at all. I don't hear Tom Cruise talk about anything. Well, that's days. true. Ever since yeah. he jumped on that couch, he's kind of kept quiet. No, no. I thought he was rehabilitated from that, but I don't know what's going on. Like, you know what? I think all those documentaries have come out about, uh, about Scientology, and I think it's like, dude, lay low. I mean, because any interview you do, that's got to have to come up. And he can't get into that. That can't happen. He'll sit there and he'll look at the interviewer and go, I'm silently judging you. Yes. <laughs> um, so I've been watching a lot of, uh, well, last night I watched Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence for the first time. I've never seen it before. Um, where's the, is that on Criterion? Yes. It's oh, under cool. that whole blue Christmas section. Oh, okay. Um, I haven't dealt with So we've been watching movies that are like, not really Christmas movies, like, you know, Lethal Weapon, Batman Returns, uh, Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence. I want to get around to uh, Diner, because, you know, I was thinking the other day that Diner is a Christmas movie. Um, and, and yeah, I never realized that Darlene Love plays the wife in Lethal Weapon, which makes it even more of a Christmas movie. 
Yeah. Never hmm. put two and two together before. We're showing the apartment as our Christmas movie next week at uh, or the upcoming this, this week. Upcoming, yeah. Gabe, what's your favorite non-Christmas movie? Non-Christmas. That was not Christmas, Christmas, Christmas non-Christmas movie. The kind of non-traditional Christmas movie, you know, like Gremlins or uh, Die Hard is a popular non-Christmas movie. An anti-Christmas movie, if you will. A, a movie that came out around Christmas but isn't about Christmas. No, a movie Or has Christmas set, in it, set yes. during Christmas. Set during Christmas. Uh, and most people don't regard it as a Christmas movie because it you know, doesn't have Santa Claus in it or... So like I think, is Love Actually a Christmas movie? I think that's actually, actually a Christmas movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of Christmas stuff in it. But sometimes, like, Christmas is just sort of the setting, and it's, you know, it's mentioned in passing, and people go, that's not a real Christmas movie. And I go, hold on. Yes, it is. Does Little Women count? The, the remake with Claire Danes? I think so. That's the one you, that's the one you go to the match for? The one with Claire Danes? Have you, no, seen the, but have you seen the new one? There's another one? There's a third or fourth or fifth? There's one that came out two years ago, and it's great. Uh, have you seen this week's Curb Your Enthusiasm? Yes, I did. Because Larry David goes on a Little Women rant. Yes, it's pretty good. Actually, Gabe saw it, watched his Christmas movie the other night and told us. What was it? I the saw Muppets? The Muppets Christmas Carol. It's that good, I right? I fell asleep only three times during that movie. Is that your favorite screen version of Christmas Carol? <laughs> I kept thinking to myself, is this, how close is this to It's a Wonderful Life? Because I don't, never seen, I never sat down and watched It's a Wonderful Life. Wait, hold I know on. It's, I know it's blasphemy to you guys, but. Wait, to us guys. Fuck, hold the fucking phone. <laughs> you never seen It's a Wonderful Life? I've never really sat down and watched it from beginning to end, or what's, in the middle either. What's wrong with you? I'm just. One of those guys. All right, listen. Even if you think uh, you're too cool for it. No, I don't. You, you would love it because Mr. Potter is a funny, funny guy. And you would laugh at everything that Mr. Potter says. It's like, Gabe Kaplan? Merry Christmas, Mr. Potter. He's like, and Happy New Year to you in jail. Like, everything he says is really funny. So I was watching this. I was watching It's Wonderful Life the other day. Do you have Amazon, Gabe? Yes, I can. I can find it and, and play it. Just go um, watch it. What's I wrong might, with you? It's a. You were movie. looking for a Christmas movie the other night. That's what you should do next time you're looking for a Christmas movie. Do it's a Wonderful Life. Just for fun. You know what you should do? You should just put it on and run it continuously for three days straight. So it'll be like it used to be when it was on TV. But he, here's what I want to talk about. Uh, they've re-rated it on Amazon, so it's rated PG-13. What? It's a Wonderful Life. In this day and age, is now PG thirteen. It has. Do they run a suicide prevention thing at the end of no, it? No, but they have they have warnings on it. It's alcohol use, foul language, sexual content, smoking, and violence. And it's a wonderful life. What's the foul language? What is wrong with us? Wasn't I mean, it in the thirties, forties? What the hell is? It's forty six. What the hell is going have foul on? Language in forty six. There's no foul <laughs> language in it's a wonderful life. I mean, what's the foul language? It's ridiculous. Are there racial I mean, this slurs? Is, this is either a joke. No, there's no racial slurs. This is either a joke, a really good joke, or this is just completely planted to make me angry. Hey, everybody, it's Joel Cordy. Hi, Joel. What are you drinking there? Uh, just some wine. Is it? You know. Yeah. That's appropriate. Cheers. All right, great. Well, now I want to drink whiskey, but I don't think I have any. Just drink your wine. Pretend it's and whiskey. And you'll be fine. Can I show you what I've saved for this occasion? I got to watch him. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, wow. So it's Joel from Chase Bliss Audio Pedals. He's, he's here with us. Joel, we're going to get into all that. But we were talking about uh, It's a Wonderful Life. You've seen it, right? Oh, yeah. You're not crazy like Gabe. Gabe's never seen it. I'll see it when I get to it. I'll get, I'll get there. I'm only but, 50. But here's... here's I would have bet a lot of money that Gabe had seen that film. Like if someone <laughs> just came up to them on the street and, and said, do you think that Gabe has seen A Wonderful Life? <laughs> I would just... I would have put my house on it. That I haven't or have? 
It just no. doesn't add up. Doesn't make sense, Gabe. Here's a pro tip: betting money on Gabe seeing any movie is a losing proposition. <laughs> okay. Here's another pro tip: anything that seems like a normal thing, or it seems like <laughs> this is what sensible people would do, Gabe doesn't want to do that. So, just don't ever bet on Gabe. Uh, so it's on Amazon. <laughs> In a colorized version as well Oof. as a black and white version. Oof. And uh, it's rated PG-13 now. And I'm trying to get my head around this. Uh, it has, it's rated PG-13 for alcohol use, foul language, sexual content, smoking, and violence. Now, what kind of society are we living in here, Joel? I mean, I don't want to sound like a Fox News pundit, but what the fuck is going on? In that lens, through that lens, I want to watch the movie again because although I have seen it, it's been a while. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, there, I've had a few experiences lately where I watch a movie that I haven't seen in like 10, 20 years. And it's kind of like, oh, yeah. Yeah. But like what? Uh, two nights ago, Home Alone 2, <laughs> uh, you know, with the part. Yeah. It's just like, you know, I wasn't expecting to subject my uh, 7-year-old and 4-year-old to that, but hey. To Donald Trump? Is that what you're talking about? No, no. There's, there, there's, uh, there's... I think he's in 3. No, no okay. he's in 2. So, no, he's in oh, Home Alone 2. Although, when we watched it, he was cut out of it. It's a bit of a oh, con. good. <laughs> but I think it was just like for time constraints, or at least that was like, that, that was like the line. Anyway, there's... A scene in the movie where, like, it's uh, Macaulay Culkin's character, <laughs> Kevin, um, is watching a movie, yes. but it's like a fake movie. And this Angels with even dirtier faces is the name of the movie, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, dude just shoots this girl. <laughs> like, just murders her with a Tommy gun. Right. Yeah, that's, I believe you, but my Tommy gun don't. And then he laughs. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it is great. It's great. It's, it's, yeah. But that's supposed to scar Kevin in the movie, so. It doesn't at all. He thinks it's funny. <laughs> Does he? Because in the first yeah. one, he is afraid of it. And he, he calls out for his mom and then hides under the covers. Oh, yeah, that's right. Scott, not to rain on your, on your, on this parade here, because I think it's a great, I think it could very well be the case, but I've also more than more times than I care to admit discovered on Amazon that they've fucked up the whatever they've put on things. And it's like not like I click on one movie and it turns out to be a completely different movie. It's possible that rating is for like a uh, It's a Wonderful Life TV movie remake from the 80s or 90s that did have. Some oh, the one with stuff. all the foul language and violence. Well, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's possible. It makes me crazy. Makes me crazy. Joel, how are you? Um, I'm doing okay. Yeah, it looks like you're doing pretty good. You guys raised a lot of money the other night for a bunch of charities, like almost 74 grand. Yeah, I liked your text message. It was just like, what? <laughs> what is this guitar? But yeah, it's one of our guitar pedals. Oh, before I get talking too much, I should tell your listeners that I stutter which can be a little confusing on the podcast um right so if you sound if you hear sounds like that it's just you know it's the way i talk right and that was one of the things that you raised a lot of money for was a couple of stuttering yep Mm -hmm. and what were those uh we okay so just a very quick story is that uh, one of our popular guitar pedals, or our most popular guitar pedal, is called Mood, and we recently built our tenth, ten thousandth Mood, which is just wow. totally bananas for us. We've mm. never done anything like that, and it's just super popular. So I wanted to thank everyone that was involved with it, and I became aware of this uh, guitar company in Iowa called Built, and one of the things they do is they put effects into guitars and they're nice guitars they, yeah they are and so i got some of those um i c- commissioned some of those 
to be built also because I thought that that specific pedal of ours and Scott you could, I know you like this pedal yeah um, with mood it's just a fun pedal to presumably have in a guitar so yeah we made some of those for uh, to keep people involved and then so I got one and then we um, made three extra to raffle off and it was just like wildly successful so how do they do that I mean because yeah the thing about uh, your pedals and we can get into this later too is they've got all these tiny little switches called dip switches on them and what was cool about the guitar is you put those dip switches uh up towards the top of the body of the guitar which uh, might make it easier to work those fucking things right yeah and a lot of people joke that the dip switches are kind of dumb and maybe i can uh sympathize with that argument (laughs) in some ways but for mood they're actually like really fun to mess around with yeah and so yeah we just we essentially just removed the dip switches and connected each one to a little miniature toggle and you know they were they're good at that stuff like they're they work with people on custom stuff um which is just sounds like a total nightmare to me because people have crazy ideas and they just make it work and so cool company iowa good job iowa well it seems like that that would make those dip switches like every guitar should come with those dip switches that's uh, that looks like fun to me because you don't have to bend down and do all that stuff you know i'm looking at the guitar there are a lot of things to play with on this guitar holy mackerel what was the first chase bliss pedal and that what what, what year was that was in 2013 late I, I worked at Zvex from 2008 to 2013, and one of the things I worked on there was this pedal called the Instant Lo-Fi Junkie. It's mm-hmm. sort of, you know, this old warbly sound. And I just, it was one of those moments, you know, in life where I just got completely obsessed with the thing. And just that sound, that old worn-out cassette thing, I just, it just haunted me, you know. So my my first chase bliss pedal when i started the company um was this vibrato chorus called warp vinyl right so that was it that was the first one yep wow so joel's pedals have like it it kind of hurts when you get a new one of his pedals because your brain can't really um comprehend what's happening and uh you, you fuck around with these things and eventually Something happens. Like my favorite one of yours is the one that you stopped making is the tonal recall pedal. Yeah. I remember you came uh, to the demo. I think I was like maybe the first time we ever met in person. So I was kind of nervous. And uh, well, I was also nervous because I was at Chicago Music Exchange shooting a demo like Like really before the company was very established, so that it was it was a, it was a crazy day for me, you know, yeah. uh, shooting a demo at Chicago Music Exchange, and then, you know, I think it was a prototype too, so I was like hoping it worked the whole time, and then you came in and started messing around with it, and I remember you described that situation, you described a situation to me, and I don't know how guitar pedal nerdy we want to get here, but I was like, yes, that. My pedal can do that, and you were so excited. Yeah, it was great. Made me feel good. Yeah, you you had a uh, delay pedal that when you turn a delay pedal on and off, most most delay pedals will stop the delay right away. But what his pedal does is it has this trails option on one of the dip switches, and so if you turn it off, it won't stop the delay. The delay will stop after the delay is done. And I don't understand why all delay pedals don't do that. So when I saw that that was doing that with yours, I was like, yeah, I got to get a hold of one of those. But then once I started messing with it, it became a completely different pedal for me. I mean, I don't even really use it as a delay pedal. I use it as... Yeah, you use it in a total batshit crazy way, as I recall. Right. It's almost like people are like, what's that motorcycle sound you're making and stuff? And so it's like, uh, how, how, how many times do people come to you with, their pedals and you're like i i never intended for that to happen that's not what i made it for pretty often and i have to say uh um well a couple things i remember about that time it was like when you were first learning the pedals you were sort of like so um you know over the top about the features and stuff and then i remember you kind of like (laughs) 
one time I was looking at your rig before a show, maybe a sound check or something. You were kind of walking me through it. And, um, it was, it was in my opinion, like super fucking complex, but like you didn't give your, you don't give yourself any credit for how I think sophisticated your rig is. And then <laughs> at the same time, you're like, you're like, what is this crazy thing with all the dip switches? Um, I totally forgot what your original question was. Oh, I was saying like how, how many times do people come to you and they're like, this is what I'm using the pedal for. And you're like, what? That's not what that pedal's for. Yeah. All the time. And that, that was really by design. You know, it's like the whole concept for that platform was kind of like a blank canvas, you know, for musicians. And because we're not really controlling the user experience all that much. I mean, we do a little bit, we kind of do more lately, but like, you can make it sound fucking horrible if you want, you know, mm-hmm. you can make it sound really cool and really good too. Um, but maybe you want it to sound horrible. <laughs> yes, I usually do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what, that's another great thing about you though, is that you, you're, you know, when you step on your pedal board, something happens, you know, and it's perceivable from the audience, you know, it's not like, you know, some, sometimes, you know, guitar effects or people's rigs can be so subtle and that's fine. Whatever works for you works for you. And that's great. But like it, that's not how it is with you. I feel like, no, there's not a lot of room for subtlety in local H that's, that's, that's not, but you step on a thing, you step on a thing. It should do something. That's exactly. I mean, the thing about guitar pedals is, uh, they're like, they've gotten to be like pot and beer. Like, you know, they're not your daddy's guitar pedals. It's like, you know, there's not like three knobs. It's like when people, you know, haven't smoked pot in a long time, they go, I I know what I'm doing. They'll take a big hit and they're fucking stoned off their ass for hours. Or if they drink a couple of beers, they're they're knocked on their ass. Pedals are kind of like that, too. Like, what what is going on? And do you, and do you think there's a connection between the pot and the pedals? <laughs> um, well... Because I live in Minnesota, I, I haven't experienced that really cool thing it sounds like you're talking about. Um, but, yeah, I definitely feel like it's that way, you know, with the beer scene. Um, you know, it's just interesting to see what brands get popular and why. And, like, a lot of the times, I mean, whatever, this is just how the world works. But it's, like, due to the branding and the aesthetic and how things look and how it makes people feel. But I get that's everything, but it Mm -hmm. seems like it's really clear to me. Like if I'm, if I'm like, I'm going to get an IPA or something, you know, (laughs) it, it kind of matters what the, what the graphics look like. That's you're kind of basing your decision off that. And then you kind of decide later if it tastes good or not. (laughs) And it's like maybe the same thing with an overdrive. If you, you're already pretty convinced it's going to work for you, then probably just has a better chance to. So how did you get into pedals? Like, was there like a specific pedal? Yeah. Um, it wasn't so much pedals originally as just like, you know, when I was, uh, when I was like 15 and started playing guitar, that was like when all that like cheap sound cards for your computer were coming out and, um, everybody could kind of get some kind of recording studio in their room and mm-hmm. I was just totally captivated with that. So I was learning about effects then in inside of a DAW and then it wasn't until a few years after that where like someone showed me a fuzz pedal and I was like, what? What was different about the fuzz pedal? Well, it's what, so... What fuzz pedal was it too? Um, a woolly mammoth, a Zvex woolly mammoth. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, it, it just seemed like the most special coolest thing ever i was just and then you know i was i knew some stuff about circuits and whatnot already so then learning about that just became like so exciting i mean how do you know i i don't know about circuits i don't know what you're talking about i mean how do you get how does somebody get into this what i think it is most like is it's like uh you know you you there's if you see a schematic and you're not familiar with what's going on and 
it just looks overwhelming, you know, mm-hmm. but it just like anything else, you start to learn in blocks. So, you know, you, it might seem like all this information that's coming in at once, but once you start to see it in blocks, you're like, Oh, that's the tone circuit. Oh, that's where the distortion is generated. That's where, you know, there's a low cut switch or something. And then, and then it's just like, everything makes sense. And that just become that's just, that's just kind of snowballs, you know? Mm, and then yeah. before you, you know what, you're looking at a fairly complex schematic and you, pretty much know what's going on pretty quickly right so what is a low cut uh well yeah low cut would just be like cutting some low frequencies you know so some you know some pedals i don't think this is super common in pedals although i feel like i'm seeing more and more of it it'll just like you know shave off a bunch of flubby low end or something okay Something like that. I don't know. So you were in bands in high school? You learned to play guitar at 15? Uh, actually, it was, uh, I spent a lot of time watching Ryan's bands and like wishing I was in a band. I think we buried the lead here. Uh, Joel went to high school with Ryan? Is that what it was? Mm-hmm. Yep. Whoa. <laughs> Did he have a beard back then? Um. I didn't know him super well in high school. It's interesting. We got way closer after high school, um, which has happened to a few people from like that crowd that we hang in. But mm-hmm. um, I just thought he was a super cool, good guy. You know, I didn't really, really know him very well. But he he still was he had the same like energy. You know, where he's just sort of uh, magnetic and exciting and just. Uh, makes you happy and and shit. Yeah. I'm sure it's I'm sure it's like that for you guys 100 percent of the time. Oh, 100 percent all the time. <laughs> so then you start playing guitar. Yeah, started playing guitar and then uh, decided uh, when I went to college I wasn't sure what I wanted to study, and but I was still recording a lot and and then I was starting to get some outboard stuff like I got this like presonus compressor or something. And I guess it was like, Oh, who, who like makes this stuff? That might be cool. I don't know what to study in college, you know? So I emailed some of those companies and they're like, those, those are electrical engineers. <laughs> and then I like talked to the guidance counselor. I'm like, I want to be an electrical engineer. And, um, but I kind of was a shitty student and I didn't learn that much in college. And it wasn't until I got into guitar pedals where I feel like I actually <laughs> like n- new stuff. Right. The, the only thing I did, which actually was super key for me is, um, I learned about microprocessors. Mm-hmm. So when I started working at ZVEX, one of the things that the owner, his name's Zachary Vex, ZVEX, um, the reason I got the job is because he wanted to do some of um, the digital control of analog technology that really got Chase Bliss on the map. So when when he knew I had some microprocessor experience, um, that was something we worked on, you know, and that was something I learned in school. Right. Because I wasn't partnered up with the super smart kid that was kind of my best friend and it was random partners that day in the microprocessor class so then i got partnered up with this other student who was actually dumber than me and and then i had to learn how to code microprocessors i don't think i've ever told that story all right it's a scoop yeah it's embarrassing (laughs) why i'm just trying to think if there's any way that 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 classmate would be listening you want to probably agree Don't worry, we're going to cut all this stuff out, Joel. Yeah, sure. I don't think anything from the past half hour is going to make it. Good, good. (laughs) So it's all the microprocessing stuff, because I remember, I don't know if this is still your uh, motto, but it was analog heart and digital brain. Yep, that's right. So that was was the thing that, like, sort of set you guys apart from everybody. Yeah. Um, Can I ask a question to Gabe? Yeah, <laughs> just want to hear his voice, kind of. I'm, I'm, I'm staring at your webpage first of all. This website. You, what, I'm, what do you know ahead. about guitar pedals, though, Gabe? What do I know about guitar pedals? Yeah, because you are. Are you a musician? No. 
I mean, I don't, I don't play, I don't play guitar. I can't play guitar. I, I can keep a beat on drums now and again, and I bash a few percussive instruments on stage. That's he about plays it. tambourine, Joel. <laughs> but I don't know anything about guitar pedals. All I know is, how did you come up with the name Gravitas <laughs> for your guitar pedal? Now, is it Gravitas or is it Gravita? I don't know. Ben, can you help us out with that I one? I think it's Gravitas. Oh, there's also an inside the actor's studio where I think it's Kiefer Sutherland. The, the dude asked him what his favorite word is, and he says gravitas. <laughs> Kiefer. Yeah. Anyway. That was your question. Your question was, do, can I... Do you, do I, I was just curious what, what you knew about guitar pedals. Because I, I just, you know... I just, uh, from watching, you know, setting up and helping to unload and stuff, I'd see these old pedals you know the swollen pickle thrash master all these you know pedals this guy used to use and from mark messner our old guitar tech he would talk about guitar pedals but i don't i don't know anything about how to step on them now and again when scott needs two feet with your foot <laughs> remember back in the day we used to have one guy step on one pedal and you'd hit the other oh man i want to yes. hear this story yeah there was a move that was uh impossible to do so uh it, it was I, I would have to turn off the distortion pedal and turn on a, uh, a phaser pedal and at the same time turn on a tremolo pedal. So it was impossible. So we had to have uh, our guitar tech come out and hit the tremolo pedal at the same time. It was a good move. I wonder how stressed that he would get about that. I was the part of the whole show. <laughs> okay, so he would look forward to it. It wasn't like, oh, shit. No, no. It wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like, prince's guy or anything like prince had a guy who would work all of his pedals like he never you know they have switchers for that now (laughs) yeah but like he had a guy that would work his uh wah and stuff like that so you know he's gotta do the wah perfectly that sounds like it'd be a a tough job where was that guy located backstage prince didn't want any of that stuff on stage wow that seems stressful to me. Yeah. Because it's Prince. Yeah. He's one of those guys that, uh, I don't know, I feel like is probably really mean. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And and something as intimate as controlling another man's wah. Yes. To yes. me is like, it's just, there's, there's no way you're going to do it to Prince's level I, you know who knows if prince even knew how to work a wah i mean i've never seen him actually step on one was he was he a wah guy yeah 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 like it seemed like there's a lot of wah and tons of flanger on um on at least on purple rain i remember getting one of those purple uh boss flanger pedals because i'm pretty sure that's what he was using and i couldn't get it to sound anything like that like what he was doing but Prince handled his own whammy bar, right? His own wang bar? His own whammy bar. I don't think he ever had a whammy bar. Yeah, I'm trying to th- picture him whammying. And I'm not sure I have. But I'm not, I don't really know Prince all that well. I actually listened to way more Prince, you know, after he died. And that's like all anyone's really talked about in Minnesota music scene since. Yeah. So, like, oh, you know, I... I, I get it now. What about yeah. the replacements? True. <laughs> but I've always really listened to a lot of the replacements, so, you know. Well, that makes Ben very happy. <laughs> it's a race to get the replacements of Iron Maiden in, but nobody plays the whammy bar oh boy. better than Dave Murray. Nobody? Nobody? Very few. Very few. Nobody? Very few. Come on, dude. Nobody? <laughs> Do you like Wang Bar or Whammy Bar, Gabe? Whammy. It's always been a whammy to me. Nobody calls it Wang this side of the Mississippi. I'm on the other side of the Mississippi. What am I talking about? <laughs> Scott, where, up where is Gabe? <laughs> Gabe, where are you? Are you in California? I'm in California. But, no, but like, are you in a warehouse of sorts? <laughs> He's got a rabid dog behind him. Threatening to attack. Uh, I have my snoring dog beneath me, but uh, this is the GMP Records warehouse. You call it a warehouse. It's headquarters. Warehouse? Headquarters. And it's just right behind me. Everything, I have it right behind me. It's like dividing half of a, uh, half of an office. Okay. Best little warehouse in California. 
That's Local H merch there, Joel. Yeah, it's Local H merch. We have one more week left of the Christmas rush, so if you're looking to get one last-minute item under the tree, now's the time to go to GMP Rec... Okay. (laughs) Now, we do got some stuff left. Check it out. So, Joel, you guys are based in Minneapolis, and and you like it that way? Or are you going to go out to California? Uh, No, we'll be here. I'm just, you know, totally just totally locked in with family and kids and stuff. I, the sh- I think the chance for me to live anywhere else in my life for the ships kind of sailed, but I yeah. think I'm okay with it. Yeah. Yeah. Did have you ever learn how to surf? No. What about skateboarding? No, I do like to ski. If we're skiing is so much fun, but I, I feel like those things have sailed as well. Like, you know, I, I don't see myself ever learning how to surf skateboard or live in new york that's where you were going with that i get yeah. it yeah. yeah it's just you know injuries they're too shitty so it's warped vinyl first yep and 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 you got warped vinyl and then you say let's start a company or let's start a company in warped vinyl uh my plan was it was going to just be kind of maybe like a part-time thing but i no, i, I always knew that i wanted it to be my full-time thing and, uh, yeah, it just, you know, didn't pay myself for two years and just worked really hard. And, um, you know, thank God my wife's still with me because I was, it's just hard to start a business. Yeah. What was that conversation like with her? Well, it was just like a different level of stress and anxiety. And like, I feel like for me, it I identified it as my one shot to like follow my dream. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like, this is it because, uh, we were having, we were having a baby and it's like, if this doesn't work out this time, I'm just going to have to like go get a job. I hate, I don't know. Maybe I'm being like too weird about it, but that's what it felt like. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And then, and then it, I got lucky too. You know, I think I obviously made a good product and, and, you know, that's the whole idea, just like anybody feels about their work. But, um, but word just got out and then people started to care, you know, and talk about it on the internet and whatnot. And, and here we are now I have 20 employees, dude. Yeah. Whoa. Like that's just, but that just doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> How many pedals was it before you got to the mood? Um, Probably like 10 or something. Maybe not quite 10, maybe eight. Something like that. What was different about the mood? I mean, was it that much better than the pedals you were making? Or was it just itching, uh, scratching an itch that people seem to have that you didn't know they had? I think uh, it's a really good pedal, but it just hit at the right time. And it had a name and a look that resonated with people. And... Um, it's just a fun thing to mess with and it's exciting and inspiring. And we just, some of it, we, we did on purpose and, you know, we get credit for or whatever, but a lot of the way the pedal came together was just lucky. And like, I definitely feel like luck was involved yeah, in that, yeah. you know, but you've got like, two, what, what, I mean, try to explain it to to somebody like Gabe. Yeah. You've got okay. Like, uh, Actually, I, f- I feel like this is one of the strengths of mood is that you can explain it to someone like Gabe. <laughs> All right. That's enough. But, I'm right here. I'm right here. <laughs> so there's two channels on the pedal, right? There's yeah. like two pedals essentially, but it's in one. Um, and on one side, there's this, what's called a micro looper. So it just loops a little bit of your audio and you can kind of control when it starts and stops, but it's just kind of happenstance. So it's like, imagine you play a chord or something and then you press that button and it starts like just playing a little bit of your thing. And then you can manipulate that in all these different kind of ways to make it sound ridiculous. And then on the other channel, it has, um, a delay and reverb effect so you can really make things seem like they're in outer space. But the way that we programmed it is it's like it, it just works really well, well with the micro looper on the other side. So you can just get these wild soundscapes. Um, um, and then also 
the core of it really is this knob called the clock, which actually uh, directly controls how fast the little computers in the pedal are running. So if you turn the clock down, it's so fucked up. But then if you turn it up, it gets high, higher fidelity and a higher quality. But the way we programmed it is that as you turn that clock, the relationship between like the speed changes is musical. So it sounds good when you turn mm-hmm. it. Are you, how are you tracking, Gabe? <laughs> are you getting any of this, Gabe? This is for you. I'm, I'm kind of following it. I hear there's things you can loop on one side. And then put effects to the sound that you're looping on the other. Yep, and they can the interact. Time. Yep, and, and they then you work. can control the speed of the computer in a musical way. Yeah, here's the question I always had, and not to change the subject, but if you play... You start talking, get, if you start talking about Dave Murray again, I'm, no, 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 I'm no. cutting you out of this thing. <laughs> if you play a distortion pedal, you know, you, you play through an amp with a distortion pedal, through a fan, will it be clean? That's the question I always had. Will it clean up the sound going through a fan? <laughs> I don't know what's going on right now. <laughs> okay, I don't think what you, you mean distortion. About? I think you mean some other kind. Like the if you play something through a fan, it does that weird. Not distortion, but like a yeah. Oh, but, okay. Oh, you're like, okay. Um, like a so flange. it's still going to be distorted, but it's going to have another effect on it. It's going to have the fan, so that's going to sound like Oscillation. The, yeah. It's going to sound like a. Like LFO, which stands for low frequency oscillator, which just means a slow thing, oscillating thing, and it's going to sound. It's going to it's going to affect it, you know. That's something that that's another thing that's on your pedals, LFO. But yes, yes, you know, just that canvas thing I was talking about. Let them paint with what other whatever brush or color they want. Joel, do you have a uh, like a famous example of somebody using the mood pedal that we might have heard or know from the radio or live Dude, at I'm, least? Or right, here I am. I'm right here. Well, Scott. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Scott, what's the... What have do you, you tracked with the mood, though, yet, Scott? Yes. I used it uh, on the song Defy and Surrender. Uh, used it a lot, sort of like made this soundscape and then just let it go and then s- started playing the, this uh, bass line. Uh, through the, the bass rig while that thing sort of like just kind of hung around underneath the bass line before the drums kicked in. Um, so yeah, I have used it in the studio. But uh, to answer Ben's question, what Jason Isbell uses your pedals a lot? Yeah, not mood, um, but he, he used, he's really into the Automatone series, I think, where actually, even though they sound complicated. I feel like those are way easier to wrap your head around than, than our other pedals. Yeah, so Ben, this pedal, it's about the size of, of a big, old school, big muff. And it's got like these faders that move up and down whenever you like change whatever preset is. And it's, a, it's an unruly pedal, but it's an amazing pedal. I mean, not unruly in the way it sounds. It's just, it's, it takes up a lot of, it's got big foot footprint to it big footprint yeah and also it's just you know gives people anxiety because of the you know the motorized aspect of it you know people worry that things will happen (laughs) yeah that could happen (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so none of your pedals are like you know you know the average three knob type of pedal um there's a lot of shit going on. You, you find people that scares a lot of people or people are really into that? Yeah, it's kind of, you know, that like that saying, you know, your greatest strength is also your greatest weakness. Mm-hmm. Um, while all of the options and complexity was attractive to a lot of people, to our company, it's equally a problem in the same way where pe- people just look at the dip switches and think, that is not a device that someone made for me. No, it's good. I mean, that, that's one of the things that you do. You, you tend to um, uh, sort of encourage people not to get hung up on the dip switches, at least until they've learned the rest of the pedal. Yes, absolutely. Because it's not like the dip switches are that cool. They can do some <laughs> cool stuff, but 
you know, most of the sounds that you're going to be interested in are going to be without dip switches anyway. Right, right, right. I don't know. Sometimes the dip switch could completely change what's going on. I'll be like, why isn't this pedal doing what I want it to? And then I'll hit something and I'm like, oh, now it's doing what I want it to. It's probably exciting and also frustrating. <laughs> it is. And that's one of the things I like. I'm, I'm kind of like, you know, like that tonal recall pedal will, uh, it will, depending on where I'm playing, whether or not the sun hits it outside, or sometimes the, the, uh, the wattage that's coming in, it, it will behave differently. And it's, and it's kind of exciting. You know? Well, I remember, <laughs> that's funny that you say it's exciting. It's, it's good and bad, right? Because you want to you wanna have a reliable rig in, 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 in a lot of different ways, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know? And, and I, yeah, I think I remember when you got it, Tonal Recall, and maybe after one show, you're like, it wasn't doing the thing, that, this thing that it does. And then, then the next venue you were at, you said, oh, never mind, it's doing it again. And then I think I asked you later, and you're like, yeah, sometimes it just doesn't work, and I don't know why. <laughs> But you stop making the tonal recall. Yeah, yeah, mostly just because there's a because because of people. well, we have another pedal called Therme that sounds pretty similar but does more stuff. So there's that, and and that one's been a lot more popular. And tonal recalls are just so hard to make, mm-hmm. um, and like they're five hundred dollars, and people think that's so expensive, and it, it is. I mean, five hundred dollars is five hundred dollars, but like we actually don't even make a lot of money on those things like they're just they're just so ridiculous just a pain in the ass yeah and then just i don't know how much you guys know about this uh supply chain stuff going on right now but just parts are just tough to get it's crazy it's amazing it's uh, it things that you never would have thought would be affected by something like this like everything is affected by covid i mean it's you know, people are like, oh, it's not that big of a deal. It's like, it's a big deal about everything. And I think it was kind of a double whammy too, because do, it was because of COVID, but then also demand for all these electronics shot up so high because everyone was inside, guitar pedals included, but like everything. So then even, it's like they, they didn't have the capacity to make as much parts as was needed, but then also COVID was shutting uh you know their ability to manufacture down and it's just right. this perfect shit storm yeah so what's next what what uh what's coming down the pike i know you can't really well obviously i can't us. talk about it but i will tell you that working on so much stuff it's crazy like it's just overwhelming but it's and it's new role for me you know where i i do less of the design and more just like running things but um but yeah i've never been more excited but i also just can't believe it's gotten to where it has um but yeah i think that i think we'll be able to put out cooler and cooler stuff now that we're you know have more people helping us make things and design things and uh hopefully the next few years will be like the golden age for us i don't know we'll see yeah well congratulations and you know you make a hell of a product and uh i love wrestling with these things well thanks so much for just being interested and supportive like you know you were one of the very first you know quote unquote notable people to kind of be playing (laughs) with uh with chase bliss pedals and it means a lot so thanks for doing that well dude thanks for doing this uh merry christmas uh yeah 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 what's your favorite uh sort of anti-christmas christmas movie that's not really a christmas movie hmm you know like die hard or yeah diner lethal weapon Wait, what was the last one you just said? Lethal Weapon. I thought you said A League of Their Own. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was going to ask Joel a better movie question. What are the best um, guitar pedal movies? Like movies that feature <laughs> guitar pedals in some some great scene, in some great way. I'm Break Spinal Tap, three. right? I don't think they Break have and pedals three. in Spinal Tap. I don't no. know, actually. I'm trying to think of... I mean, I think I saw some pedals. Oh, actually, 
what was the movie with Lady Lady Gaga that was the thing forever? Uh, Star is born. Star is Star born. born. Yeah. Um, this uh, this guy reached out to me and was like, "Hey, I'm going to be in the pretend band for this movie with Lady Gaga, and would you know? Could you send me some stuff because I want to support you? It doesn't even have to work. It just needs to light up." And I looked really hard when I watched the movie, and I didn't see anything. So that would have been my favorite pedal movie. But I don't know about pedal movies. I'm, I don't even think, I can't remember seeing a pedal in a movie. It's a really boring subject. So, you know, it, it <laughs> doesn't really make for a good movie. Yeah, you're, you're right. This is going to be a shit podcast. No one's going to listen to that. My, fa- my favorite pedal scene goes back to uh, Prince in Purple Rain. He walks in and Lisa and Wendy aren't there. And he's like, all right, whatever. And he goes over to his pedal board and he starts stomping on all the pedals. And, and I think they're all boss pedals, which is why I was certain he was using the, the boss flanger. But uh, he couldn't make any of them work. It just sounded like crazy. So that's probably why he doesn't work his own pedals. Because, you know. His, his uh, pedal board would get, or the picture of it would get circulated a lot in the forums for guitar really? pedal. Yeah, because it was just like, you know, oh, look how shitty Prince's tone was with all his boss pedals, you know. But this was back when boss pedals weren't cool for like five years. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they were just, it was just like eight boss pedals was his pedal board. Right. Yeah. S- somebody at Boss obviously gave him all those pedals and he just plugged them in and did what he had to do. Mm-hmm. It sounded like he, like a lot of that stuff is, um, at least after Purple Rain, it sounds like it's all like direct. Yeah, probably. All right. That's all we got. <laughs> That's it. I had a really fun time. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks for doing this. Yeah, I usually, you know... Um, I just really appreciated how you guys, I mean, obviously you do this a lot. You guys are just talking about everything. (laughs) Yeah, there's a little bit of that. Not everybody appreciates it, though.